0: door for you and open up your his word, I get excited. So hopefully I don't get too excited and if I do I'll stop and I'll breathe. But uh, but seriously I really do get excited about telling other people about the things that we learn as we study this morning. If I could get somebody to shut the door in the front of the church, getting a huge glare. I like to be able to see everybody but Sometimes that glare kind of gets to me. I can't see too well because of the medicine and stuff that I'm on and so I struggle, you know, and so I will not be reading from the scriptures, but I will be paraphrasing. But I'll ask you to turn to the scriptures and to kind of see where I'm reading. Because as I go through this process and telling you about when God says no, many of you think How many of you have had people say no to you? Has everybody had someone say no? Hey, it's amazing. How do you like it when somebody tells you no? I want to tell you something, I don't like it. I don't like it one bit when someone tells me no because I want what I want and when I want it. That's just, that's how it is. And usually I'm the, you know, 300-pound gorilla in the room. And usually I get what I want. So I think There's one thing that I want you to understand is that when God tells us no, many times we're praying because we have nowhere else to go. And we're nervous. We're scared. What do we do then when God tells us no? I'll tell you a little story about my son. Since he's not here, I can tell on him. Um, when he was six months old, he started armor, army crawling. And uh, the second people came to our house and saw that he was army crawling, he says, you guys are going to have to childproof this room. You have too many little things hanging around. You have you have um, this, this stereo set that's way down low. He's going to get into that. It's going to cause all kinds of mischief. And I said to myself, you know what? I am not going to childproof my house. Blima knows my son. He was a cute little guy. I don't think he ever received a hair on his head until after he was three years old. Blima loved that because he would always come up kiss his head, and pat it, and rub it. You Remember that, Belima? Yeah. But she still likes to kiss his head, even though he has some hair on the head. But, but my son, you know, he was army crawling around, and every time, we had to be very persistent, every time that he would reach out to touch something, we would, not, not hard, just smack his hand and tell him, son, don't touch that. We try not to say no, because we know what happens when the terrible twos come around. They always say, no, 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 no. That's one thing you don't want to hear from your kid, him telling you no. And, And so we did that consistently for about a month. I mean, you know, his hands started getting our fingerprints on it. I think they could find out who we were. All they had to do was do a little check. But we did that for about a month when he was just small. When that kid got older, guess what? We didn't have a problem. He would never touch anything that was down low. We never had to child our house. Of course, today, whenever he reaches over to turn a dial or anything, he's always looking around first. <laughs> I, think, I think I understand why now. But seriously, this is what God does to us. When we first start out accepting him, we're always reaching out for the sin in the world. And because we ask for God's help, he's always telling us no. No. He tries to teach us on the little things as we're starting to grow in him. Then it comes to some bigger things in our lives. Then he starts to tell us no, and it becomes harder choices. Sometimes we stop to li- stop and do not listen. I think if any of you read the blogs on the week of prayer, to Dave's thing about God, if you ask anything, in God, according to His will. He's going to hear our, hear our request and grant them. I said, I put on blog, what if God says no or wait? And of course, Bob replied, he said, Kurt, according to your sermon title, all you have to do is read my little blog and then sit down. And I said, Bob, if I did that, I don't think the people will be too happy. But Bob's answer was good. He said there's four things. God says yes. God says no. God says wait. And God says yes. I'll give you what you want. And according to his blog, I don't know how many of you read it. You should go online and read those things. Because I think they're great insight from your elders. But he said... In many times in my life, the biggest blessings were when God said no. Because when he says no, usually it's to save me from having trouble in my life. See, God has the big picture. I invite you to open up your Bibles. Bibles. To 2 Corinthians 12 verses 7 through 10. Everyone have that? Oh, before that, before that, just make a little note. Keep your thumb there. I want to do the little disclaimer here in uh, Ephesians 1, 3 through 14. In that scripture there, it talks about God. Paul talks to the people in Ephesians about what God has done for them. He goes on to talk about before the beginning of the world, they had made a provision. It says in there, predestined for all of us to be saved. God made a provision for all of us that we all would be saved in him. How wonderful is that? Before before the world began, he made this provision for us that everyone would be saved. God made that provision. It's there. All we have to do is accept it or not. God never says no to accepting his grace. I want that perfectly clear. That's one thing God never says no to. Not to anyone, no matter what you do, no matter what you say, he will not say no to you when you come to him and ask for his grace. In Ephesians 1, I invite you, I'm just going over in this, in this uh, chapter, is huge. Talking to us about what God has done for us and his redemptive power. And our identity as sons and daughters of God. It's huge. But I just wanted to let you know that God never says no when we ask for His grace. Go when you go home during the week. Go through this chapter one. It's such a blessing. There's so many things in here. It seems so simple and it is, but there's so many things in here about God's grace and mercy and what he does for us. Okay, let's turn back now to 2 Corinthians 12, verses 7 through 10. Here Paul's talking about his little problem. He has a problem, he has a thorn in the flesh It says that he prayed three times for this to be taken from him. And three times, God said, my grace is sufficient for you. He said, no, I'm not going to take it from you. Paul, I'm sure, is crying out. He's saying, Lord, I could do and work so much better for you if you would take this from me. But he comes to the realization that in his weakness, God is able to show his power. Not Paul's power, but God's power. In my weakness, I was able to have that power in God. I want you to understand a little what's going on like in verse 11. I mean chapter 11. Here, Paul was talking to the people of Corinth, and he was talking to them about false prophets. He was having a little trouble with them, and the false prophets were bad-mouthing what Paul was coming to do and to talk and spreading the gospel message, trying to help out the church. And through all this, He's trying to tell them that, hey, listen, these guys are no good. He says, hey, he even goes so far as that in, the, in, in chapter 11, he goes through and he tells them, hey, here's what I've gone through. Here's what I've done in spreading the gospel. I'm not trying to brag. I'm not trying to boast. I'm just trying to tell you, here's my credentials. He's telling them, hey, I've been shipwrecked. I've been stoned, I've been beaten, I've been imprisoned. He goes through a whole list of how many times each one of these things has occurred to him. He's saying, hey, I'm not trying to boast. He's saying, hey, I'm just trying to let you know that I've come to serve you. I'm not trying to take advantage of you. Other churches have given me money to be able to come to you and to talk to you. I'm not trying to be a burden unto you. And then in chapter 12, he goes through here, and he tells them of this thorn in the flesh that he's been going through, and that in his weakness, in his weakness, God's strength comes through, through the power of the Holy Spirit. many times when god says no to us we have a hard time trying to understand why i mean sometimes we think does god is god hearing my prayer doesn't he know how much i'm struggling with this where where's the answer i know in my own life i've been struggling with this lung disease for two and a half years you guys have been praying for me many of you have come up and said to me I don't understand how come the Lord isn't healing you I don't understand either trust me I don't like having this little chain wrapped around my neck I don't like having to monitor what I do how far I go is my battery going to wear out But you know what? I keep moving on. I don't stop what I'm doing. When I got sick, I could have said, hey, I'm giving up all my church offices. I'm not going to do anything. I'm just going to, you know. What are people going to say? They're going to say, hey, that's fine. Paul could have done the same thing. He says, man, my infirmities are so great that I just can't do it. But you know what? God calls us out and he says, hey, keep on working. Don't stop. These are some of the things that I've learned. Because trust me, I don't understand why I'm not healed. I'm a servant of God, just like the rest of you guys. Why won't he heal me? What is it that God wants me to learn? Or is it just the sin of the world that's caused me to have this difficulty? Could God intervene? Yes. Why hasn't he? I don't know. But I'm learning. And it's the same thing in your lives. There's difficulties in all of your lives that you've been praying about, and you feel like my prayers are not going up any higher than the ceiling. What am I to do? Where am I to go? How am I to cope? Why aren't my prayers being answered? There was a young man that was planning a trip to Paris in a small community. And in this community of people, people started coming around, a lot of women coming around saying, hey, I was wondering, could you pick this up for me in Paris? There's this neat little trinket that I've heard about in this store. or..." There's this purse that I've heard about in a Paris store that I would like you to buy. And he started getting quite the list of different people coming and saying, these are some things that I'd like for you to get for me in Paris. And he started adding up all the things that people wanted him to pick up and to bring back. And he said, man, he started figuring out just how much it would cost, and he says, If I were to buy all the little things that everybody wants and from this town it has come to me, I'm not gonna have enough money to uh, get a room and eat while I'm there in Paris. There was one individual though that actually gave him money to purchase one of the things they've asked for. So he went on this trip, whole time thinking, you know, what am I gonna do? What am I going to tell everybody when I get back? And so he thought for a moment. And he knew what he was going to do. And when he got back from Paris, in this small town, a lot of people started coming around, saying, what did he bring back? And he put it this way to them. He said to them, You guys all waiting to hear what he said? Okay. He said to them you know I had all these pieces of paper written down of all the things that you wanted all the little notes that you guys have left me and you know when I got to Paris I was standing in my room with the window open and in came a wind that took all these little pieces of paper and blew them away But the only one that stayed was the one that was wrapped with the coins to purchase it. The illustration that I'm trying to make is this. When we pray, how many of us are praying just out of lip service? And how many of us are praying because we have skin in the game? What do I mean by that? What do I mean by skin in the game? Let's say that you're praying for somebody that's in the hospital for healing. And we do that in this church all the time. How many of us are going and visiting that person, letting God use us as a conduit to love and to help that person, even though we pray? I've done the same thing, guys. I've sat in that pew and I've prayed those prayers, but I didn't really go visit. Or how about praying for someone that's homeless or hungry? How many of us are actually making ourselves available to help out or to serve? All I want you to think about is, are you giving God lip service, or do you have skin in the game? I'm not saying that all of us have the ability or or the needs, but are are we, what are our attitude, motives, and spirits when we're praying? You know, many of us don't have the opportunity or don't have the time, but the thing of it is, how many of us are praying that God would give us the time, would give us the opportunity, and we truly mean it in our hearts? God knows. So when you're saying that your prayers only go up and hit the ceiling and you're wondering what's going on, do you have skin in the game? I know I was talking about this to Bob. And he called me this week. He says, Kurt, I went out and fed the homeless. I got skin in the game, man. I go, all right, Bob. That's cool. How many of us are open? Take the time. Take the time to look at Corinthians 12. See what God's see what Paul is writing about, about how about this thorn in the flesh. There's a lot of people that have a lot of ideas. Throughout whole centuries, people have had ideas of what this thorn in the flesh was. We don't have any idea. It's not said. Some people think it was headaches. Some people think that it was uh, spiritual immorality. Some people think that maybe it was the false prophets. I mean, different people throughout history. Notable people. Martin Luther, John Calvin. The list goes on and on that have entered in and trying to say what this thorn in the flesh was. We have no idea. All we know is that it must have hindered him in some way that it caused him to be weak so that God could be strong. How many of you are ready today to become weak so that the power of the Holy Spirit can be used in you? In Mark 14, verse 32 through 42, it's a well-known passage. When Jesus went to Gethsemane, Jesus took his disciples with him. There they were, the group of them. He took a few more, Peter, James, and John. Went a little bit farther. He said, Hey, come on, guys. I am so burdened. My soul is so burdened down unto death. I need you guys to pray for me. And then he went a stone's throws farther and he prayed to his father. Do you remember that prayer? He asked for the, for the father to take the cup away from him. His total hum, human side was, cu- was starting to be loaded with the burden of sin. He couldn't see through the portholes of the tomb. And here, Jesus Christ is praying a prayer to his father that the cup might be taken from. And he said, but thy will be done. If it's not possible, Lord, your will be done. But he truly wanted it to pass from him. He didn't want to go through that pain. He knew it was coming. He got up, went back to the disciples, and what did he see? They were sleeping. He says, come on, wake up, wake up. Guys, I really need you. Will you pray for me? He could see their eyes were heavy. They were tired. Again, he went back and prayed to his father. I mean, this is how serious it was. He went back and prayed the same thing. That this cup be passed from him. God said, no. There is no other way. Sin And the price that had to be paid was a blameless life. And that was Jesus Christ. Had to be paid. He came back, woke up his disciples and said, the the betrayer comes. Guys were in good company. I mean... I don't know, I can't think of how many times Jesus must have prayed to his father because he knew what that perfect will was all the time that God did not answer his prayers. I, I haven't read it or known anything about it except for here in Gethsemane. God said no. So for God to say no to us, of course, God says no to me multiple times. little things. What about the big things in life, in your life? Does God say no to you? Where is it? What do we do then? What do we do when God says no? What did Paul do? He did his work. He kept on going. He didn't stop. When God said no to Jesus Christ, our Savior, what did he do? He went to the cross willingly for you and me. And so when God says no to the things in your life, big things, sometimes when he says no It's because he knows the big picture. Not sometimes. He always knows the big picture. God knows the big picture. When he says no, it could be for your life-saving detriment. We have to trust in God. It's all about our relationship. And so if you're struggling in your prayer life, because it seems like everywhere you turn, God is saying no. Look deep inside. What are you asking him? What is your attitude, motive, and spirit behind the things that you're asking? As a child, we think that Christ is a genie in the bottle, and we rub the lamp he'll perform. And you know what? Many times out of God's love and compassion for us, he grants the things that we want. He will always give us the things that we need. And so it's my prayer today that as you think on these things, that God and you come to some kind of agreement with each other as you study and as you pray who is the master of your life do you trust god with every facet you know the children of israel wanted a king do you remember it's in first samuel They anointed a king, and that was in chapter 10. They started talking about it in chapter 8. They wanted a king. God said, Hey, I brought you out of Egypt. I mean, there was a pillar of fire at night, a pillar of smoke by day, I led you around, I took care of you. And now you're telling me you want a king? He even went so far as to tell them, hey, you know what? Here's what's going to happen if you have a man, a human king. And he listed all the things that would happen to the children of Israel if they went that route. You know what they said? We want to be like all the other nations. We want a king. This is one aspect of prayer that I want you guys to be. Very careful with. Many times God says no, but we're persistent in not following what God wants for our lives and in wanting something. And so finally God says, okay, I have to teach you. And he gives in to what we want instead of the big picture. better that we listen to God the first time and accept his will for our lives than to press because many times God will answer and give us what we want contrary to what he knows to be true only because our desires for that is so great that he has to show us and teach us a lesson hopefully that's not what you do. Hopefully you accept what God has in store for your life and you move on. And you allow God to move you up or down according to his will. Hopefully each of you come to the feet of the cross and say, Lord, here's my life. Take it. It's yours. again where in, in first in Ephesians where it talks about God accepting you God will accept you as you are he's predestined each of us to be saved and he'll accept you as you are this is the message that I want for you to know That God loves you. And he wants you. You see, in this church, we are the body of Christ. There is no one greater or no one less than another. We're all the same. Each of us function as one body. God is calling each of you today. be servants it's my prayer and my desire today that each of you hear the call of God and realize that God is talking not to your neighbor but is talking to you today is the day that the Lord has made it's time for that decision that decision in your life to serve. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Shall we pray? Our Father in Heaven, Lord, we give thanks. We give thanks for the blessings that you give us. And Father, we give thanks even when you say no because we know, Lord, that whatever you have in store for us is much greater than the thoughts of what we had. And Father, I pray today that each one here, that the Spirit of God might give us the serenity to accept the nose in our lives, and that the Spirit of God will carry us forward. Father, today is the day that each one here Has heard the word of the Lord, and we rejoice in it, Lord. For we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.